Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Darkness. Just the word conveys a lot of images. It's one thing to be in a dark room, a room void of light. It's another thing to feel darkness within. It is possibly the most graphic symbol of what it is to be without God. We have all been there. Maybe you're there right now. Isaiah 9 says, The people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, light has shined. Today's broadcast again brings us to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, and also today a very penetrating and even encouraging messages from one of those great chapters in the whole Bible. Ed Marks is with us once again. Ed, welcome back to the program. Chris, it's very good to be back for another marvelous life study from the book of Isaiah. And Chris, I think we'll just be very encouraged to see that Christ is actually the great light shining upon people who are dwelling in the land of the shadow of death. Ed, Isaiah 9-6 is one of the great verses in the Bible, prophesying of the coming of God in man, in the flesh. But we are in these verses preceding that one today, and the chapter begins with darkness and a great light. Give us an introduction. Yes, Chris. In the past, we've pointed out that many expositors tell us that Isaiah is actually the fifth gospel, just unveiling Christ in such a rich, marvelous detailed, prophetic way. What we're going to cover in this broadcast is actually Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. This is our main text. And these verses are quoted in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4, you know, when the Lord was going through Galilee, Matthew 4 tells us that this was a fulfillment of a word spoken through Isaiah the prophet And these words say, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. And those sitting in the region and shadow of death, to them light has risen. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 9, 1 through 6, that the Lord's coming to this people, he was coming as a great light to shine on them and to shine into them for their salvation. And this is what we'll see in this broadcast. Ed, I'm looking forward to this message uh, with a great deal of anticipation. Let's uh, join Witness Lee for the first portion. Do you know the entire fallen world is under God's judgment? Of what? Of darkness. All the societies 
Every country is under this judgment, the judgment of darkness. Everywhere. What is there in New York? Darkness. What is there in Chicago? Darkness. What is there in Los Angeles? Darkness. Not only in every city, even in every home, darkness is there. You just recall your background. Think about what was there before you were saved. Darkness. I can recall before I got saved. I was in darkness until the genuine gospel come upon me. I saw the light. We, the Christians, even in the Bible, we are called the sons of light. We are the sons of light. We should live in light. We should walk in light. We should remain in light altogether. We should be a person in light. And here, in light, we have the fellowship with God. This is what First John chapter 1 tells us. When we are in the light, we are in the fellowship with our triumph God. Then we enjoy him. Then we participate in what he is. Suppose he's not the light, what shall we do? Everything finished. Have you noticed? The Gospel of John is a book on life. Right in the first few verses of chapter 1 in John, it stresses very much Christ comes as life. And meantime, he comes also as light. And this light is the true light. And this light, the light of life. And this light comes to shine in darkness and over darkness, yet darkness cannot overcome light. You think darkness can overcome light? Nowhere you can find a place that light is defeated and darkness overcomes. Wherever light goes, darkness flees. Light subdues, subdues, subdues. When light shines, darkness is gone. Christ is this great light. Ed, this point took me personally back to the time in my life before I was saved. This is a very experiential portion of God's Word. Every person, if they are honest, knows what this darkness feels like. Ed, this may sound a bit too subjective to some, but how we are doing in the Christian life very much is determined by whether or not we are in light or in darkness, isn't it? Yes, Chris, it is. And when we look even at the Old Testament, we see that darkness is the punishment from God. In Exodus chapter 10, we see that with the realm of Egypt, with Pharaoh's kingdom of Egypt, one of the plagues that was sent by God upon Egypt was terrible darkness. Then when we look in Revelation 16, verse 10, we see that the kingdom of Antichrist, the punishment that comes on that kingdom, will be darkness. So darkness is a punishment. And when we were unbelievers, before we received the Lord, Ephesians 5, 8 tells us that we were once darkness. 
That means our being was just full of darkness. And like you said, I can remember before I was saved, and hallelujah, now that I am saved, you know, I'm so glad to be in the light. And what is light? Light is the presence of God. God himself is light. Both the Old and New Testament tells us the sources of light. I would just like to mention this because I think this is a great encouragement. 1 John 1, 5 tells us that God himself is light. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Then when we come to John 8, verse 12, we see that Christ is light. He said, whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He said, I am the light of the world. What a tremendous statement that is. Then in John 1 verse 4, it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. This verse shows us that the life of Christ is light. Then if we go to Psalm 119 verses 105 and 130, these verses show us that God's word is light. Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 130 says, the entrance of your words gives light. Then if we go to Matthew 5:14, the Lord says, you are the light of the world. So the believers, now that they've received Christ as light, they become the light of the world. Revelation 1:20 shows us that the churches are the lampstands, and these lampstands shine forth with God as light. So this shows us the sources of the light. If we want to be in the light, we need to come to God. We need to come to Christ. We need to enjoy the life of Christ. How do we do this? We need to get in the Word. When we get into the Bible in a prayerful way, God as light can shine within us. We can enjoy His indwelling presence. And also, the believers are the light of the world. Just like right now, you and I are fellowshipping with one another. We're in the light. When when you contact another believer who is pursuing Christ, who loves Christ, you can enjoy the presence of God. And then finally, we need to be in a fellowship of believers who are Christ pursuers, Christ seekers. And when we're in that fellowship, we can enjoy the light of the lampstand, the lampstand giving off light, which is the very presence of God infused into our being. I think this is a big encouragement to us As John tells us in his first epistle, we need to walk in the light. This is the practical way we can walk in God as the light. And Ed, there's no way for us to experience light, genuine light, without experiencing genuine God, is there? Exactly. God is light, and when we turn to him inwardly and enjoy him, we can be in light, which is his very presence. Ed, we need to read a couple more of these verses in chapter 9 before we go back to Witness Lee for this coming section. You mentioned our focus primarily are the first two, but let me read verses 3, 4, and 5 now. They're very short. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased their gladness. They are glad before you with a gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide spoil. For you break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor, as in the day of Midian, For all the boots of those who in boots trample in the battle quake, and the garments rolled in blood are for burning. They are fuel for fire. We've got a farmer, and we have a warrior here, Ed. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Now, in verse 3, 
Isaiah says, you have multiplied the nations. The nations means the people of God. You have multiplied the people of God. You have increased their gladness. That means those who have a harvest. Not only so, as men rejoice when they divide spoil. And these are the fighters' gladness in dividing the spoil from the fighting. You see, Isaiah jumps from that presentation of Christ as a great light to what? To farmers, harvesting. And then he jumps from the farmers to the warriors, fighters, who overcame the enemy and got a spoil. Then verse 4 says, for you, for, 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 for. Don't miss this word. Why you have increased their gladness? For because you break the yoke of their burden. They had a burden. You break that burden for them. And the staff, you break the staff on their shoulder. And uh, the rod, you break the rod of their oppressor. As in the day of Midian. Refer to Judges chapter 7, verses 24 to 26. Also Isaiah chapter 10, 26. As in the day of Midian. First in the day of Midian, Gideon overcame the Midianites in Midian. There was a big victory. Then, in Isaiah chapter 10, 26, when Isaiah was prophesying this, and that has not happened yet, the king of Syria came to invade Judah. They threatened the people. And he was the staff, and he was the rod. He was in the yoke. Then, at Midian, the Lord spoiled him, destroyed him. Could you see, uh, as in the day of Midian, for all the boots and the garments ruled in blood are for burning. Isaiah, she jumped everywhere. She talked about the boots. That means uh, <laughs> the great light destroys our enemy and destroys their armor. The boots for fighting and the garments, these are the armor that Christ as the green light will put all these into fire, burn them. Quite often, I felt the Lord Jesus fought for me. I felt that he destroyed Satan and he destroyed all the weapons and all the armors of Satan for me. He does not only defeat Satan for me, he burned Satan's boots. And he burned Satan's armor, the garments. Satan's finished. Ed, when we are people in the light and people of the light, we become as farmers with a harvest and warriors dividing a spoil. What do these poetic passages allude to in our own genuine experience of Christ, Ed? Well, Chris, in our experience of Christ, we need to be harvesters. Now, what does it mean to be a harvester? 
To be a harvester is to be a preacher of the gospel. All of the believers need to preach the gospel. We need to tell the unbelievers, the people who are dwelling in darkness, we need to tell them about Christ. We need to impart Christ as light into them. When we do that, they experience Christ as the light of life shining in them for their salvation, and they become a part of God's harvest. The Lord said, the harvest is ripe. And then he said that we should pray that the Lord would thrust out workers into the harvest to reap that harvest. Well, we need to be the workers who go out into this world and reap people for God's kingdom, impart God in Christ as light into them for their salvation. Now, these verses talk about the gladness of harvest, Chris, and we can testify whenever we preach the gospel and somebody gets saved, we are full of joy. There is a gladness there. In John 15, when it talks about our bearing fruit, bearing people as fruit for Christ's increase, imparting Christ as light and salvation into them, the Lord says, I have spoken these things to you that your joy might be made full. Preaching the gospel is the most joyful thing. If you want to be made joyful with the joy of God, tell people about Christ. I can still remember right after I got saved, no one told me that I needed to preach the gospel, but I was so full of joy that the Lord had come into me, and I was so much in love with the Lord that, you know, a person that you love, you just want to tell other people about this person. So I remember I was working at a company, and I told one of my colleagues there that I had received the Lord, and eventually he opened up. And he prayed with me, and he received the Lord. I was just so joyful. I just was ecstatic. This is the gladness of harvest. And then there's not just the gladness of harvest. It says we rejoice when we divide the spoil. This is the gladness of victory. And this is what the Lord refers to. He refers to this in the book of Matthew when he says that we should bind the enemy, bind Satan through our prayers so that we can plunder his house. When you plunder Satan's house by imparting Christ into people and bringing them into God's kingdom, you will experience the gladness and the joy of Christ's victory. So this is the significance of this portion of the word, Chris. I hope we can all enter into the experience of preaching, speaking Christ as the good news into people so that we can experience God as our gladness and joy in harvesting people for the increase of his kingdom. In a sense, that's how we view what we're doing here, producing these radio programs and dispensing this ministry out. In a sense, we're sowing the seeds as a farmer. And the joy that is returned to us at each of the calls or letters or comments of our listeners is really, we talk about it as our capital. I mean, that's what keeps us going, and it certainly is fuel for our fire. We just say that because we like our listeners to know that when they take the time to call or comment, send us a note or even in a short email, that really brings indescribable pleasure. This is the principle, I think, for all believers in speaking the words of the gospel, isn't it? Yes, Chris, I think that's why, you know, when we're on this broadcast together, we're full of joy because we're dispensing Christ, the wonderful Christ, out there for our listeners. This is a part of the harvest, 
this broadcast has everything to do with displaying the victory of Christ. Well, let's go back. We've got another section of Witness Lee, Ed. Do you realize your salvation was just a shining of Christ as a great light upon you? The shining is his saving. Just by the shining, darkness is gone. When darkness is gone, everything negative is gone. Today, we Christians are all the ones who were there, sitting in the shed of death, and walked in darkness, and received the shining. And that shining saved us. Then, by this way, he released the imprisoned ones from bondage. To release the imprisoned ones from bondage, to him, is the multiplication of God's people. You know, today, when you go out to preach the gospel, you bring the shining of Christ to those who are in darkness. When they got enlightened, then they receive Christ. Then they are released from their bondage, from their yoke, from their staff, from the rod. When you get new ones, so released, then God's people will be multiplied. Then these released people will have gladness. Christ will increase their gladness of harvest. You and I, we are farmers to harvest God's people. Suppose you go out today and you could get three baptized. You get a harvest. You have the joy. You have the gladness. At the time, that gladness is also the gladness of the victory. We are on the one hand the farmers, on the other hand, we are the warriors, fighters. So we do have the gladness of the harvest, and we do have the gladness of uh, the warriors dividing their spoil from their victory. Actually, Isaiah describes our Christian life. We'll get the people for the increase of God's people. And we will have the joy, even the rejoicing, and gladness. This is all due to one thing that Christ is the great light. Among the people, wherever Christ is preached, there is light, and there is shining, and there is salvation. And there is the release and also the breaching of so many burdens, yokes, staffs, and rods. Well, Ed, finally today, we come to Christ being multiplied. We touched this point a lot in the life study of Acts, and here it is again in Isaiah chapter 9. When we have Christ as the great light, we become farmers with a harvest, even fighters with a victory. But how do we become those who have a part in Christ's multiplication? Yes, Chris, even this term, Christ's multiplication, what we mean by this is that when we preach Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel, when we dispense the unsearchably rich Christ into people, 
we make them members of the body of Christ for Christ's increase. And also, we harvest them. Just like in a harvest, you have a multiplication of the seeds that have been sown into the ground. This is when people receive Christ as their life and Savior, they become Christ's multiplication. And how do we become those who have a part in Christ's multiplication? Firstly, Chris, we have to enjoy God as light every day. When we wake up in the morning, we should have a time with the Lord. Even if it's just five minutes or ten minutes, don't walk out the door in the morning without having a little time to contact God who is light. Just tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I just want to come to you. I open to you. Fill me with yourself as light. We need to have a fresh contact with the Lord so that we can enjoy him as light in his word and in fellowship with other believers who have Christ as light within them. Then we need to go to people and we need to fulfill the commission in Acts 26, 18 to open people's eyes and to turn them from darkness to light so that they can receive Christ as light into them and they can be brought into God's kingdom as Christ's multiplication for God the Father's glory in this universe. Wow, that's incredible that we could have a portion in the multiplication of Christ, and I appreciate you defined the term. We use terms like this from time to time. They, of course, are biblical in their origin, but they crop up in this ministry, and they may not be that familiar to some of our listeners, and we want to define these because some of them sound a little strange at first. But really, as the members are added, in the body of Christ, that really is his enlargement, his increase, his multiplication. Yes, Chris. And, uh, you know, thank the Lord for this broadcast. This was absolutely marvelous. Our prayer is that everyone who's listening to this broadcast would enjoy Christ as the light of life day by day and go out to dispense Christ as the light of life into people for their salvation and for the increase of God's kingdom on this earth. Ed, thank you for being with us today. This was an enjoyable message. We'll have you back very soon. I'm looking forward to the next broadcast, Chris. Our time is gone for today. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one. 
and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.